When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Finding out you're pregnant can be a flurry of emotions, excitement, dread, relief, fear, all of which are exacerbated by hormones. Women sitting in a bathroom looking at a positive pregnancy test are often totally unsure what they should be doing and even worse, they don't know who to ask. So this episode, we aim to put this right. With me today, I've got my sister and co-founder of The Parenthood, Dr. Kiara Hunt, a GP who specializes in young families. Kiara, I imagine you see a lot of newly pregnant mothers slightly freaking out with their, after that first pregnancy test. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Especially first-time mothers, which is the first, first pregnancy. Yeah, because I remember when I was first pregnant, I could immediately call you. I think I called you before I called Ben. Yeah. And be like, wow, what am I meant to be doing? But obviously for most people, that's not the case. Yeah. And some people will know a lot and some people will know nothing at all. And there'll be a whole whole host of emotions there. So it's different for everyone, but it's usually always exciting. And if someone calls you, say it's a friend, say it was me. I think I remember the first thing you told me was like, don't freak out. Just like calm down. You don't actually need to do anything different. Exactly. Um, so... One one thing that people often ask me is if you've got a pros- positive pregnancy, if, if, if you do a prog- positive pregnancy test, are you definitely pregnant or do you, because you always hear stories of people going, I did 20 tests, so I'm definitely pregnant. Is that is that true or do you are you definitely pregnant from the first test yes yeah, so so no test is 100% accurate but the pregnancy test is detecting the pregnancy hormone the beta hcg in the urine so a positive pregnancy test is more likely to be right than a negative pregnancy test do you see what i mean so uh, it, the pod- positive pregnancy test is detecting that hormone somewhere now there are rare causes that the body can produce that hormone in other ways but it's very very unusual a negative pregnancy test is much less accurate because it may be that it's very early on and there's just not enough of the hormone to detect in the urine uh, at that stage so i usually say to people don't don't count on a negative test being right but your a positive test is much more likely to be right you only need one test people tend to do at least three or four (laughs) just because they can't quite believe it so if you've got a positive pregnancy test, in all likelihood, you are pregnant. Yes. Um, if you've got a negative pregnancy test, you might still be pregnant, but you might just need to test what a few days later. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, those, these pregnancy tests, I know you can, you can do them earlier and earlier before the first day of your next period yes. now. But obviously, the earlier you do it, the, the less Absolutely. accurate So it is, if you haven't it? actually missed your period yet, it may well be that you are pregnant, but the test is negative. But so, they are getting more accurate, you're right. Yeah. Um, and so 
the other thing is how do you calculate how pregnant you are you've done this pregnancy test you've got the little kind of you're pregnant or the plus sign i yeah. don't know what they, they even sort of often say two or three weeks pregnant on the little stick so there's um uh, you know, the important thing and the confusing thing about pregnancy is that we, we, we measure pregnancy as a 40-week period, but you're actually only pregnant for 38 weeks of it because you date the pregnancy from the first day of your last period. So day one of your pregnancy is when you last had your period. Now, obviously, you weren't pregnant when you last had your period. You're most likely to have, you're most likely to have become pregnant two weeks after that if you have a normal length cycle. So, um, so say you say you do a pregnancy test the day after your period's um, late and you have a normal 28-day cycle. You've been pregnant for two weeks, but we will call you four weeks pregnant. So in order to work out the due date, you have to work out when you last had your period, yeah. calculate when the first day of your last period was, and then count 40 weeks on from that, and that will give you your due date. Yes, exactly. A date that your baby is unlikely to be born yes, on, even unlikely. though people get very excited about it. But it gives you an idea. And that's in the early stage of pregnancy. Your, your pregnancy will be much more accurately dated further down the line when you have your scans done, and that may well change the date of your delivery by a few days. So um, even if you've sort of dated, let's say, the 6th of June and the scan says actually it looks a bit bigger, it's more likely to be the 28th of May, uh, they will go by the scan dates, yes. won't they, rather than your, yes, your dates? Yes, they will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Remembering that everyone's uh, periods are different lengths and you ovulate slightly different times within that period and you can fertilize, that egg can be fertilised, uh, you know, a day or two either side of that. So it's a bit variable. I think it'd be good. So you just didn't necessarily get. Uh, sorry, you didn't necessarily get pregnant on the day you had sex. You know, you could have got pregnant either a few days either uh, after that. Because sperm can live inside. Yeah, yeah can't exactly. they for a few days? Fertilize it later. So um, it'd probably be quite useful just to go through what exactly pregnancy is vaguely. I mean, that's a big topic. <laughs> I, <laughs> I agree. Um, but forty weeks of pregnancy. Let's let's talk about what that consists of because it's split into three trimesters. Yeah. So. Um, Trimester is a sort of medical word you might not have heard of until you get pregnant. But essentially, the whole pregnancy, which is nine months, is is split into three three-month periods. So you've got your first trimester from uh, zero to 12 weeks, so all the first three months. Your second trimester uh, for the second three months, uh, three to six months. And the third trimester, which is the last trimester, six to nine months. Um, and then you kind of feel different in those different stages and... Um, you know, that's um, if, you, if you go get any of the pregnancy books, you get an idea of what to expect in those stages. But overall, I mean, looking at sort of bump class that we obviously teach, the first trimester is um, often the one that goes quite quickly because often you're four weeks pregnant. You're already sort of a third yeah. of the way through it by the time you, you find, find out, out you're absolutely. pregnant. And some people, you know, they only found out they've, they're already six weeks pregnant. Yeah, well, or later. Um, if you have an irregular period, it could be you could well be eight, nine weeks pregnant before you find out. It's not unusual. And this is the time when um, people kind of can tend to keep it quiet, but they often feel quite wretched, even though there's absolutely no sign of a bump. You mm. notice already changes in your body, so your waist might be thickening a bit. Your boobs often get quite tender, don't they, because they're kind of mm. growing. And mm. I mean, for me, my boobs went massive. Mm. You feel sick, don't you, and very, very tired. Yeah, and those those symptoms are actually quite reassuring because a lot of people find that first trimester, those first three months, um, quite worrying because you know that's the high, highest 
risk period of having a miscarriage. You want, you know, you want this pregnancy to be going well. Um, and often my patients say it's the worst of the trimesters for them because they are feeling a bit sick. They're feeling much more tired than normal. They are nervous and worried about the pregnancy, but they're not, you know, they're still supposed to be behaving as if they're not pregnant because they haven't necessarily told people about the pregnancy yet. So I think it can often be the hardest trimester for some people. And then the second trimester, people usually say is the best trimester because it's the time when you're sort of, you've had your first scan. So there's a, there's a, a smaller chance of anything going wrong with mm-hmm. the pregnancy. And it's often the time when people choose to announce it. Mm-hmm. And it's when the, your bump starts to emerge. You get a little bump. It's and not too big and too heavy. Exactly. Yeah. It's often the time when energy returns and, yeah. having, and, and having kind of felt sick, you often feel much less sick. And a lot of people find they have a lot of energy in that second mm-hmm. trimester. Um, and also the, you start to feel movement don't you at around sort of 20 weeks is that right Uh, 17 18 weeks normally you start feeling some sort of movements first of all just like butterflies in the tummy and then it starts becoming increasing sort of increasingly moving to more kicks in that third trimester and so no it is the second trimester is great for most people not everyone at all but 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 for most people and then third trimester is just the bump getting bigger and often women getting you know um musculoskeletal problems associated with that so back pain and pelvic pain and find getting around a bit more difficult and of course at the end of your pregnancy it's you know really is quite big and then there's obviously your due date approaching we mentioned that uh, the due date that you might have predicted is unlikely to be the day that your baby's mm. actually born on because mm. actually I mean we all get so excited about a due date I remember writing it in my diary that was the time mm. that we still have paper mm. diaries mm. baby's coming on this date and then I remember reading somewhere that there's a three percent chance of your baby actually being born on that mm. date yeah it's very low low chance but um you know I usually say to my parents think of it patients as think of it like a due period you know it's an area around that time your baby will come but it could easily be a few weeks either side of that or two weeks either side of that yeah because actually your your pregnancy your baby is term from 37 weeks uh, up to around yeah. 42 weeks so that's the sort of normal spectrum yeah. of, of you know when your baby will yeah arrive. and if it's a if it's a second pregnancy or third pregnancy then um you know it, it might well follow a similar pr- pattern to your previous pregnancies um, but it's always a bit of a lottery you never quite know i mean if you're if you're higher risk or a bit older as a as a pregnant woman then you you will usually deliver a bit earlier so you have a bit more of a bit more of an idea but that will again you know be a conversation you're having once you see doctors and absolutely yeah. absolutely and people often say well when do I go and see my doctor when I'm pregnant do I do I go the minute I've got a positive pregnancy test what are they going to do you know is there anything I need to stop doing start doing so that's often a conversation I'll be having with with, with the people who come and see me um, and 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 people often come thinking there's going to be another test the doctor does in the in the surgery um, but actually you, what to you confirm to whether confirm or not the pregnancy yet yeah, but um the that you know the tests the doctors have in the surgery the urine tests are just the same as you'd buy from the pharmacy so um they they usually wouldn't need to confirm it sometimes they do um they could do a blood test but again that's not routine the blood test will be looking for the same hormone in the blood um so some surgeries will do that some won't what's quite useful for the blood test is is if you're if you're if there's a high risk of a miscarriage if you do blood tests a few days apart it's quite reassuring to see the hormone level going up because the urine just tells you is it there or is it not and um, but the blood test shows you the level of the hormone so um I, sometimes we do that if we're worried but that's not that's not routine either so you're sitting on the loo you've just looked at your pregnancy test and you think oh my god I'm pregnant what do people need to know immediately do you need to go straight and 
make a booking, go and see the hospital, the doctor that day? No, you don't. You, you um, I think the first thing you need to do is not panic. Um, <laughs> nothing really needs to change. Certainly don't kind of start um, Googling and worrying yourself with all sorts of things that, that might be on the internet. You know, go and speak to a trusted source, go and speak to a friend who's had a baby or a parent or a sibling or your doctor, but it doesn't have to be urgently that day. Um, and, uh, and Or get a book. Yeah, you know, get a... actually, I think the problem is sometimes with friends is that they tell you how their pregnancies went mm. and what was fine for them, but mm. that's not necessarily going to be fine for you. Mm. And yeah. then we also know we have some friends who are drama queens and, you mm. know, and there are some friends who are just sort of horizontal. And so you almost... I think I remember you saying to me, please just always get your information from a trusted source. Yeah, Don't absolutely. look online. Yeah. So if you go and see your doctor, they'll, they'll, um, they'll talk you through what to expect, basically. And they'll also get the ball rolling in terms of your pregnancy care. Um, so they'll so ref- when would you go and see a doctor? When, would you make an appointment that day? That uh, you, find out you certainly wouldn't need to go and see the doctor that day, but you could if you had an appointment, if you see what I mean. But if, as long as you see the doctor within a week or two of finding out you're pregnant that will usually get get the ball rolling in time so then you have your they will instigate a referral to to the the the, the, the clinic or whoever's going to look after you in the pregnancy um and normally and it just it does sort of vary country to country and also depending on the kind of obstetric care you're getting but um you wouldn't actually see your obstetric team i.e that's the the, the team of uh, doctors or midwives looking after you through that pregnancy until you were around um 10 11 weeks and so that is a bit further down the line usually so what will they do at this appointment with your doctor which one the The first first one one. the first one it will just be talking you through the um you know what to expect for those first few weeks talking through morning sickness the type of pregnancy symptoms you'd you'd be expecting watching out for possibly those symptoms going away you know what to expect if you were potentially having a miscarriage and what to expect if the pregnancy continues well and when you would first have your scans um so it's a lot of information you know what 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 you can do, what you can't do in terms of exercise, eating, drinking. You know, they'll obviously ask you to stop smoking. You wouldn't drink any alcohol from then onwards. You'd be a bit careful about um, being in contact with kind of young children who you might catch viruses off or, um, you know, be more cautious about getting food poisoning. That sort of thing. Wash your salad and fruit more vigorously than you would do perhaps normally. Okay. Those sort of things are important. And do they do they do because I know that pregnancy is kind of full of blood tests and mm-hmm. they kind of check that you don't have any yeah. diseases that might affect the pregnancy. So do those start- aren't done at those at this stage. Those are done when you have your first appointment with your hospital team or your midwife team. Um, and they will do a whole a whole host of blood tests. Everyone's quite surprised by the amount of bottles they take, but it, it's really important that they um, that they get a good baseline in that sort of 10, 11, 12 weeks of pregnancy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
so that's obviously the doctor. In terms of what you need to be doing sort of straight away, you mm. mentioned sort of stop smoking and drinking, mm-hmm. uh, which I think probably everyone knows. Mm. Um, the question I always get is, oh my God, I had a massive night mm. out the weekend before I found out I was pregnant. I had mm. no idea. Have, mm. I, have I ruined, have I done something awful to my baby? So, I mean, I, I get those questions a lot. Um, and the chances are uh, that you haven't. Um, miscarriages do happen in the first trimester, the most common ty- time for it to happen. But the vast majority of these happen because of um, problems with the way the embryo has formed, uh, usually relating to the chromosomes. And that has just resulted in a spontaneous miscarriage, whatever you've done. Um, remembering that the, the egg is fertilized but that actually doesn't implant immediately. So the body is quite clever. You know, it, it, it usually, it lets you know you're pregnant when you miss your period. Uh, until then, there's not a huge amount of damage you can do by, you know, having, having a, you know, going to a party or drinking a bit more than you normally would have done uh, in, in that first, um, you know, few, couple of weeks. But obviously from then on, it is really important because that's when all the formation and development of the, of the baby is happening in that first trimester that you do, um, not abuse your body and yeah. look after it. Because your baby's fully formed by 12 weeks. I mean, tiny, but yeah. fully formed. Yeah. Um, so ideally stopping stopping drinking. Yes. I know that some people do drink a little bit in their pregnancy and that seems to be okay. What's your recommendation as a doctor? I mean, the advice is not to drink in your pregnancy. And the most important thing is not to drink in your first trimester because that, as you said, is when, when the embryo is forming. Um, in terms of smoking, I know it's just not always easy for someone to chuck away their cigarettes. Um, so is this something that people can get help about? Yeah, I think, you know, it can be quite stressful because giving up smoking is not easy. Or even I have a lot of questions about giving up vaping, which a lot of people are doing now. Um, because although there's no definitive um, evidence that there's that there's risk you know we don't know that there's not and that's important um so i think it is like everything in pregnancy weighing up the risks versus the benefits if if because you can't ha- have the one cigarette a day you're going to you know be you know so stressed and so upset and you know that that you know it could be that you have to wean down rather than stop completely so it's it's so in, it's so dependent on the individual but you know most people will try their very best to stop smoking in pregnancy because i mean without doubt it is um it has negative effects on the pregnancy a lot of people are surprised at how tired they feel in that first trimester i remember i think it was one of my first pregnancy symptoms i was so tired I'd put my older children to bed and literally crawl straight into bed at seven o'clock myself mm. um, but it's really important to sleep isn't it if you're feeling exhausted yeah and, and people will often present with their pregnancy because they're feeling so awful they haven't thought about they might be pregnant but they'll be saying I just don't know what's wrong with me I'm so tired the whole time I have no energy you know I'm feeling awful um you know, and then we do a pregnancy test and that explains it. Um, but, but tiredness is, is a really common um, first, well, sign of pregnancy in the first trimester. And, and uh, the message is listen to your body. You know, do go to, go to bed, you know, hours earlier than you normally would if that's what you're feeling like doing. You know, people say to me, sometimes I'll sleep 12 hours a night and that's unheard of, you know, when I'm not pregnant. We kind of got out of touch of trusting our bodies, don't we? We sort of think apps and mm. gizmos should tell us what we should be doing, and actually, just listening to what you know what our body's telling us is is probably quite an important thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And also, your body's doing so much. You know, if you think you've gone from creating, you know, some cells and turning it into a fully formed tiny baby yeah. in the yeah. space of probably about six weeks, I mean, I'm amazed that women are able to function at all in the first trimester. Yeah, yeah, the first twelve weeks um, is, you know, like you say, is when the body's doing a lot of unseen work. You know, you haven't got a bump forming, but 
the body's working pretty hard. And even if that means taking it a little bit more easy at work, I know this is sometimes easier said mm. than done, but um, I mean, again, we get the question a lot, should you let your work know? And obviously there's no obligation to let them know and there's a lot of people that choose not to tell. But at the same time, I think I'd rather have my boss thinking she is not, you know, she's not as as engaged as she was because she's pregnant rather than because she doesn't care about her job. Mm, yeah. So I guess it's, you know, I suppose it's it's taking a view yeah, and absolutely. you can also say to your boss listen please don't tell anyone um but you know i just between you and me this is what's going on yeah. and this is why i might actually you know not be quite as on it and yeah. maybe don't give me the massive projects yeah. this this month yeah and i think that is so dependent on individual situations mm -hmm. and in the same way as you know in that first trimester a lot of people choose not to tell anyone and it's only the couple who know that the pregnancy is happening um and actually i think that can sometimes be a mistake because uh, although you don't want to tell the world because you know you, you don't you don't need someone you only see once you know every every few months suddenly texting if you've had a miscarriage you know six months down the line saying how's your pregnancy going because that doesn't it's not a great situation to find yourself in but your close friends who you would whose support you would want if you did have a miscarriage I think it's very reasonable to tell you and it's important that you do so that you have that support if things don't go don't go well and and I always say to my patients who come to me in that first trimester I say this is just really exciting news and you know it's brilliant but just remember don't get too excited until you've got to 12 weeks. Don't sort of start thinking of the baby as a baby. Don't give it a name. Don't sort of start projecting what this baby will be like as a, as a newborn or as a toddler or as a school child. Because until you get to, to 12 weeks, the risk is pretty high of having a miscarriage. Um, and, and the more emotionally involved you are, the harder that is, I think. And what are, the, what are the risks? I mean, what is the incidence of miscarriage in the first trimester? So the first six weeks is the highest risk. Um, and that is about one in four, one in five pregnancies who are gonna, that are going to miscarry, which is really high, 20 20%. Um, and uh, that risk increases the older you are as a mother. So over 35 and then over 40 increases again. Um, and bearing in mind those statistics might be a bit skewed. I mean, they might well be higher because I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't even realize they're pregnant, but they get a absolutely. period of it later or a bit earlier or a bit heavier that was no, actually a pregnancy yeah. that they never even yeah. identified. So as a, a lot pregnancy. of people with a late heavy period, that will have been a miscarriage. You're quite right. So that, and those wouldn't have been counted as miscarriages. So the first, and those often happen, that's why the first six weeks, you know, that's, you know, wouldn't be that unusual to be a bit late and then have a have a heavy heavy period um the other thing though is that we, because we don't generally in this country scan routinely before 12 weeks although the risk decreases after six weeks it's possible that um you miscarry without bleeding at around the six week mark but don't find out until the 12 week mark yeah so, so that's a missed miscarriage what's um, called a missed miscarriage yeah. yeah i had that in my my first pregnancy and actually i didn't even realize i thought that if you miscarried you'd have bleeding i yeah. thought if i remember having absolutely no pregnancy symptoms mm. and sort of triumphantly telling everyone i feel amazing i think mm. i even said i don't even feel pregnant mm. and then finding out at the 12 week scan mm. that i'd had mm. a missed miscarriage mm. um so i mean obviously it's not something that you want people to sort of worry about but it, it actually does show that those symptoms as miserable as they are oh, can reassuring. be really reassuring yeah. Yeah. and you know you just almost got to sort of not think about being pregnant for that first 12 weeks if you possibly can yeah uh, I mean other than looking after yourself yeah. exactly so back to that um what about medications what if someone's on medication uh for whatever so reason that's when it's really important to see your doctor early so because there are a whole host of different reasons someone 
who gets pregnant might be on a medication. And in a lot of those cases, it would be the wrong decision just to stop those medications because you're pregnant. Um, so it's really important then that you see your doctor as soon as possible to determine whether um, whether you continue the medication throughout the pregnancy or not, or whether the dose changes or they need some additional tests. And that is going to be weighing up you know, the risks of stopping the medication versus the risks of continuing it um, during the pregnancy. And this is obviously a time to absolutely not Google. Yes. Because it is something that is calculated on a very individual basis. I was talking to a girl recently who'd been on antidepressants and then she got pregnant and she really wanted to stop them. Um, but, you know, her doctor said, I'm, I really don't think this is in you or your baby's best interest. Mm. Let's let's see if we can change the medication. Let's get mm. it down to a slightly lower dose. Let's do something that's mm. going to be right by you. Mm. But of course, the moment she Googles, she gets given this whole ho- host of horror stories, mm. which ultimately increases her stress levels, mm. which in itself is no good for mm. her. Absolutely. No, so, so you know, obviously in an ideal world, no one is on any medication throughout their first trimester, be that a paracetamol or be that a, you know, an antidepressant or an anti-epilepsy medication. But um, the reality is that you have a condition, it needs treating and not treating it in pregnancy can add much more risk to that pregnancy and obviously you don't want to be taking that medication until you've seen your doctor but obviously sometimes it's a daily thing so is that a question of saying to your doctor i need to see you today i've just found out i'm pregnant i just even if it's a telephone conversation yes i would you you sort of almost go to the surgery if they say oh we don't have an appointment you say well i'll sit and wait but i really need to to talk to someone today i think that's reasonable um, and what about sort of general medications? I mean, you mentioned paracetamol and ibuprofen. Is there anything that is safe to take? Because everything says unsuitable for Yeah, and women. the reason everything says that is because, you know, medications, all medications, uh, their effectiveness, their risk uh, um, profile, their side effect profile is, is based on evidence. You know, big trials, looking at lots of people taking it or not taking it and comparing it. So um, it's not ethical to take a group of pregnant women or it's rarely ethical and trial different medications on them. So that's why there's very little um, data on, on medicines in pregnancy. There is some, but it, not the same as in non-pregnant non-pregnancy state um so uh, yes pretty much everything will say don't take or consult with your doctor which is why you then have the conversation with your doctor about weighing up the risk or not of taking it you know if you have a really nasty infection in your pregnancy then the then you, you the risk of taking antibiotics is much lower than um than the risk of continuing the infection without be, being treated which could be devastating mm-hmm. um so so um you know as a general rule paracetamol is okay in pregnancy um definitely not aspirin definitely not neurofen so treatment dose aspirin um but uh, so but even headache, in the first trimester you know if you can avoid it do you know if you're someone who has a low threshold for taking a headache pill um then maybe see if you can go a bit longer without it and see if you can avoid it you know a lot of people do that anyway um and but don't be unable to function yeah, because you've got such a absolutely. bad headache and actually a paracetamol, yeah. you know, would, would, would help yeah. significantly. Yeah. Um, is there anything you should be taking? Um, what about sort of vitamins, supplements, anything like that that's important? Yeah, so the most important thing is uh, folic acid. Um, What's so, folic acid? So um, is a is vitamin that um, prevents the... When, when the baby's being formed, uh, it helps with the development of the spine and the spinal cord. So reducing, uh, so having a, not enough folic acid increases your risk of having a child with a condition called spina bifida, um, which is, is, is rare, but we know that that, um, uh, that that helps. So, you know, a lot of things are supplemented with folic acid anyway. So a lot of breakfast cereals and 
um, but various foods, but higher dose folic acid in pregnancy is advised if you can take, if you can tolerate it. So that's most, that's usually included in your pregnancy vitamin. If you're taking a pregnancy vitamin, it's got folic acid in it, as well as various other vitamins that, you know, have been been beneficial a bit. If you eat healthily and you have a wide, varied diet, then the other vitamins are much less important. It's the folic acid that is the most important. And actually, I mean, having done podcasts... For the first 12 weeks. For the first 12 weeks. Having done podcasts with you before, you've always said, you know, if you can get your vitamins through actual food rather than pills, that's beneficial. But I suppose in the first 12 weeks, if you are feeling sick, a lot of women vomit every single day. A lot of people... I mean, I was talking to a girl in the bump class and she said literally having gone from loving salads, loving Mm. kale, she literally could only eat yellow food Mm. for that trimester and so I guess then it's it's really important to take those vitamins just so that you know you are getting the spectrum yeah if you can tolerate them some sometimes the vitamins make you feel really sick as well and you really all you can get is a little folic acid pill and if so you know what your body will your body will support the pregnancy primarily before you so you will feel worse before your baby is affected if you see what I mean yeah so that's often quite reassuring to yeah. patients yeah well they're like parasites aren't they they're living off you <laughs> and at your expense I mean generally if, if a woman doesn't look after herself in pregnancy she's the one that suffers the baby's kind of big bouncing yeah well exactly it usually it, it will take it'll take what it needs the baby will take what it needs before giving it back to the mother. but as a result I think very often women who don't look after themselves feel wretched yes. you know I can very easily skip a meal and I'll be fine if I can't you know if I can't eat lunch in the day I'll be fine to wait till dinner whereas if I try to do that in pregnancy I mean even if I was half an hour late in mm. eating I it would I would feel awful and I guess that was the body's way of saying no no you do need to eat mm. really regularly you can't do this well, when people this. are often surprised you know I, I said to people you know don't don't think it's abnormal to sort of need to have snacks throughout the day you know mostly every two or three hours you're needing to eat something when you're pregnant and that will make you feel a lot better that said you don't want to start thinking oh eating for two because you actually your baby needs few calories at this stage don't you it's not about increasing your calorie content it's about dividing it out so rather than three decent sized meals a day you'd have six small meals a day um, or snacks to replace it, but little and often definitely, definitely makes you feel better. Yeah, and and also, but also being aware, don't they say that you know you don't really need to increase your calorie count that much in the first Until two the third trimesters, trimester, yeah, and then third trimester by what a hundred or so calories, two hundred calories is not much. Yeah, it's and then much more when you're breastfeeding. So um, yes, it is a mistake sort of eating for two. You don't want to suddenly double your. We we, we probably all eat too much anyway, a little bit in terms of calorie content, and uh, and so doubling that is gonna is you're not gonna thank thank yourself for it after the baby's born and you've got you know. 10 extra kilos or more on board and obviously if you're feeling hungry you need to eat but don't think i can just feast on chocolate or don't think you know that's it keep those pudding every day keep those extra calories or keep those extra meals healthy what about anything you shouldn't be eating i know there's lots of talk of of things that you shouldn't be eating when you're pregnant how much evidence is there um, there's there's not a huge amount of evidence um i think the main message i usually give is is um make sure your salads are washed make sure your fruit is washed because that's probably one of the highest risks what's the risk there um so just just um uh, well listeria listeria toxoplasmosis especially if you're growing your own own fruit and veg and there's animals wild animals if it's been washed if you buy pre-washed salad is that okay to eat or should you wash it again 
difficult to say, isn't it? Because mm. who knows what pre-washed is. It should be fine, theoretically. Yeah. Um, but it, I can't, I don't think I can say that. I'd usually just be, just, yeah. we'll just get into the habit of washing And I everything. guess also do what makes you feel comfortable. If you're going to be like, it's fine, I'm not going to wash my salad, but then I'm going to worry about that the whole day. Mm-hmm. Just wash the salad because yeah, exactly. it's easier. Exactly. Um, but if you did find you ate some unwashed salad that you thought had been washed, like it's worrying about it is world. not going to yeah. make it any better. Actually, the you know, just try and kind of chill out about it. Yeah. So what other so things then, should people um, Raw be meat, so, you know, just... Uh, you know things like beef carpaccio or you know completely raw meat or steak tartare or kind of a completely you know bloody steak um you want to not be having but um rare meat can you have yeah i mean actually the the, the jury's a bit out on that but there's no evidence to show that that you know if you, your steak's a bit pink that there's any harm in that at all um fish is fine i think with fish and, and shellfish the important thing is um that y- you're more likely to get food poisoning from shellfish particularly and we just know that whether you're pregnant or not you're more likely to get food poisoning and getting food poisoning when you are pregnant can be dangerous for the pregnancy it often is especially in the first trimester quite quite dangerous and can cause miscarriage so you want to avoid that you just want to avoid risk you know yeah so i mean a lot of people ask if they can eat sushi because everyone loves sushi what so there's no you know as long as it's good um quality fish and it is sushi now this is it's a bit controversial this but 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 essentially it's got to be sushi that has been frozen on the on the boat or prior to frozen defrosted prior to being eaten which in most cities sushi is if you're having fresh sushi directly off the boat um you know if the the fisherman's caught then that is risky because there's bacteria in that that can that can harm the pregnancy so be just be a bit cautious with that and what about things like um eggs raw eggs can you eat raw eggs so raw eggs is on the list of don't eat um that that is changing because the risk of salmonella but they're, they're in in the western world there's very there's increasingly few cases of salmonella so um so so that is changing certainly kind of a, a, a dippy egg you know with a runny yolk is fine um at the moment it, the, the advice still is don't eat raw eggs so if chocolate mousse that's got raw eggs in it or you know if you put raw egg in a smoothie or something then it's probably best to stop doing that and what about unpasteurized cheese yeah. i know some of the most delicious ones we're not meant to eat yeah. when we're pregnant no and that's true i'm afraid you still do have to not eat that so it's especially the soft te- the unpasteurized soft cheeses the most delicious ones and <laughs> um, you have to hold off until you are until you are not pregnant anymore and also nuts? um just Sorry. while i remember also liver sort of um liver and liver p- pates and produce that have high um content of vitamin a and that is potentially damaging as well for the for the pregnancy what about nuts yeah nuts are great in pregnancy um, because they're what you know full of proteins full of protein good calories good fats in nuts because i remember um, being told not to eat too many nuts when i was pregnant no um increasingly that the, the uh, that might have been allergy related but mm. um Lots of data now showing that that um, exposure, even in the uterus, to nuts, um, is protective against allergies in the future for the children. So, I mean, there's no harm at all in eating nuts in pregnancy. And if people want to find a sort of definitive list of what they can eat and what they can't eat, I mean, just looking at sort of NHS online is probably quite a good start. Yeah, and bearing in mind that most most resources will be risk averse, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of a lot of the foods that just simply isn't the data on. Um, you know they haven't done big studies so it's just easier to say don't eat it but I if remember you look, there was a couple of, there's a couple of good books you can get for pregnancy that look into statistically look at all the trials that have been done on on food and various other um, aspects of pregnancy um, I remember freaking out when my first pregnancy um, that I'd eaten tara masalata <laughs> and I mean it really it really worried me for a very long time so yeah. I was thinking 
it's made out of some kind of fish and fish eggs and all, you know anyway uh, and, and it was, it was just dipped into so it. most of those things um especially the the seafood side of things if it hasn't made you unwell it's fine it's, yeah. it's just the risk of it making you unwell that is, is dangerous. What about cravings? Do you sort of, I mean, some people have extraordinary cravings when they're pregnant. I mean, to the point, yeah. coal, some people like. Yeah, um, yeah, you do hear people sort of, I mean, we don't really have so much coal around now, but uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely, people used to do that quite a lot. Ice cubes, ice chips, people um, have, have a, I hear a lot of. Um, I hear Marmite a bit. Yeah. Kind okay. of savoury things. Yeah. Uh, it, it literally can be anything gherkins and toothpaste um, anchovies i had someone the other day who's devouring sort of three pots of anchovies a day um toothpaste but you have to be a bit different a bit careful because obviously toothpaste has you don't want to just be eating tubes of toothpaste it's got, you know, lots of, <laughs> smearing on yeah. your toast <laughs> um so and um, generally you know just sort of are cravings indicative of what our body needs if you're sort of craving carbs yeah. is that an, an indication that you're body actually needs a few more carbs yes i mean it's it's again weighing it up isn't it if you're craving you know chocolate ice cream five times a day um that's probably not what your body needs <laughs> you know it's a common you know it's what is it craving or is it just what you really want yeah. <laughs> so um but generally speaking yes my i always advocate listening to your body and and you know if your body wants to sleep sleep if your body wants to eat a, a whole jar of gherkins you know by all means do it um there's usually some underlying something underlying that's causing that what about exercise when you're pregnant? I mean, I know that it is, it's pretty good to be fit when you're yeah. pregnant. Is there anything you have to change in terms of exercise or anything that you absolutely shouldn't do when you find out you're pregnant? So it's, it's really important to stay fit in pregnancy. Um, and uh, as long as there is no risk with the pregnancy, it's a low risk pregnancy, that no, no, no one's worrying about anything, then you should continue your, your exercise regime, at whatever it is, um, as, as you have done. Um, I generally say to people, especially as the pregnancy progresses, uh, exercise at sort of 80% or 90% of your sort of full exercise capacity. You don't want to be really pushing. I mean, not everyone does. In fact, probably very few people really do, but um, you don't want to be pushing to your absolute limit. Um, and they then say, obviously as long as you can hold a conversation while you're yeah. exercising, then yes, that's exactly. kind of fine. Yeah. Um, and then it does depend on what sport you're doing. If it's a high risk sport, especially a, a sort of impact sport, then you have to be a bit cautious because, you know, if you, if you, I don't know, if you play rugby or ride horses or ski or, you know, these sort of things where you could potentially injure yourself, the, the risk there is getting an injury in pregnancy that would necessitate a, a treatment or an operation, which is obviously not ideal when you're pregnant. Um, obviously, later on in the pregnancy, there's also the risk of damaging the the um, baby and bump by impact, whatever it is. Yeah. And I guess also bearing in mind that as your pregnancy progresses, you become a little more clumsy because your center of gravity is changing. So you know, occasionally we'll have people biking to the mm. bump class along you sort of busy London roads. Mm. And our physio just always says, listen, it's not that you are not a safe biker. It's just that often you're a little bit more wobbly because mm. you've got this great big protrusion on mm. you. And also, if you do get knocked off your bike, then... Yeah, potentially. It's, it could be disastrous. And is it a risk you're, you're prepared to take? But you know, everyone's risk profile is different. And some people are going to be prepared to take a risk more than others. No, and, and listen, so you know, you to... hear, I mean, three-day eventers going around a cross-country course when they're six months pregnant, um, mm. which is certainly not something we'd encourage, yeah. but people do. Yeah. And similarly, you know, I remember Paula Radcliffe running a marathon when she was about six, seven months pregnant. Um, but obviously, it's, uh, speaking to our physio, she always says, you know, carry on what you're doing as long as it's not going to affect your child. Because actually, 
having a degree of fitness is really beneficial in pregnancy if your body functions better then you're probably going to adapt better to that pregnancy and if you don't do any exercise you know a lot of people don't do any exercise and if you find that you're pregnant and that's not part of your routine then it is worth trying to introduce something gentle into your into your weekly routine at least and even if that dad just is a sort of brisk walk regularly um that is better than nothing you don't want to start playing you know hockey if you've never done it before and you're pregnant but um but getting a bit of aerobic exercise getting your getting a bit puffed at some point is good it's good for you and also when you're feeling sick in the first trimester often doing a bit of exercise even though it's the last thing you feel like doing makes you feel a lot better yeah absolutely so it's, it's worth doing i mean when you first find out you're pregnant you don't need to start signing up for kind of pregnancy yoga classes and pregnancy pilates classes no, because those tend to be on. super gentle don't yes. they you can kind of do what what you were doing before maybe just tell the instructor quietly that you are early stages pregnant yeah, yeah. um but you know kind of engage in normal yeah. exercise until you until know, the, until, until the, yeah until at least halfway through the pregnancy is it safe to fly as in you know take airplanes if yes, you're sort is. of working it's yeah, absolutely fine it is, yeah again something that google says differently about. yeah no there's no risk of miscarriage from flying um you know that that that's based on radiation exposure so uh, a, one long haul flight around the world is the equi- is the equivalent. I think I'm right in saying to uh, radiation wise to one X ray. Um, so you know if you're doing a long haul flight every week, that's not great throughout your pregnancy. But you know short haul flights are absolutely fine, and you know the odd long haul is also fine. And I guess the only thing to bear in mind that certainly as your pregnancy progresses, if you're travelling, take your notes with you, yeah. so that if there is a complication, they have all well, the and details always, already. There. Always be re- always have a sort of know where you would go if you're abroad and there's something happens whether that's a miscarriage or if it's later on in the pregnancy and you go into labor like know where you would go yeah um one of the questions we had uh when can when can we find out if i'm having a boy or a girl so that does depend on what kind of tests um are available to you in your pregnancy um for most people that is going to be at 20 weeks at your 20 week scan and they can so you basically have a that. scan at 12 weeks don't you yes yeah, so, so scan wise um and I'm talking now about in, in the UK on the National Health Service, you, you have two scans. You have one at 12 weeks at the end of the first trimester and you have one at uh, 20 weeks. And I think we've done podcasts about the scans. Um, but um, in other countries and in other systems, you might have more scans than that. You might have an early scan at about six weeks and you'd have later scans after 20 weeks, um, the frequency depending on your care package and your you know risk profile so um so generally so routine normal pregnancy in england you'd have your 12 week scan which would um, check everything's you know as it should be at 12 weeks but you wouldn't necessarily determine the sex be able to determine the sex at that stage sometimes you can but definitely at 20 weeks you can and there are these newer tests um, that, again, we've talked about before, which is non-invasive prenatal testing, where you take a blood test from the mother, and that can look at the the baby's DNA in the mother's blood. And it's called uh, a various. There are various brands of it, like the Harmony test, um, and that could can tell you the sex of the baby too. So if you're having that test at 12 weeks, then you could then you could know at 12 weeks. Um, and then starting to think about antenatal classes i know this sounds sort of really really early but obviously we run antenatal classes and we know that they do get booked up quite early so usually antenatal classes are in the sort of final trimester as the sort of birth becomes more imminent because they talk about the birth and then usually they talk about you know caring for your baby um but that doesn't mean you can leave it till week 28 to book um so it's probably worth in that first trimester maybe just keeping an ear out um uh, talking to friends of yours locally to see what they've found useful and good 
good. And um, in your booking appointment, when you first see the usually the midwife at, at the end of the first trimester at 12 weeks, uh, also they'll they will um, usually talk you through all those things that you need to start thinking about, and also what resources are available locally for you, because that's going to vary massively depending on what country you live in, where you're, what kind of care you're having. Perfect. Well, um, Kiara, thank you very much. Um, if anyone wants to know a bit more about pregnancy, we recommend buying our book, which is called The Bump Class um, and is available on Amazon. And obviously it goes into all of this in a lot of a lot more detail, hopefully in a way that is quite bite sized and easy to read um, and obviously written by a doctor. So very much evidence based. Uh, if anyone's interested in antenatal classes, have a look on our website. It's thebumpclass.com. We do antenatal classes in London only I'm afraid um, but uh, do also have a listen to some of the other episodes in this podcast because we do cover quite a lot of other stuff which is pregnancy related so if anyone's worried about miscarriage or having a miscarriage we've done um, lots around uh, miscarriage and we'll probably do something soon on birth options as well uh, and then hopefully once you're pregnancy becomes a baby you'll find lots more content on the podcast Kiara thanks a lot for coming here today thank you all for listening to another episode of the parenthood please don't forget to subscribe rate and review us because it really does help us boost us uh, in the iTunes charts and it helps new listeners find us you can follow me on Instagram I'm at marina.fogel but in the meantime from Kiara and me thanks for listening goodbye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.